It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Utah Puck Report. I'm your host, Jay Stevens. We've got a full cast this morning. The room is full. <laughs> it really is. With us, I've never seen this many people in here. Yeah, I like it. With us, as almost always, Gary Michaels. Gary here. Michaels. Good day. Gary, it's good to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, <laughs> we brought in some hockey knowledge here with Evan Stofflet. Thanks for having me back again. I'm kind of digging this new little... Yeah, <laughs> we like having you. Yeah. Gary and I know so much. <laughs> We know very little. <laughs> we only know so much. I wanted to say we know so much, but very the good. truth is we only know so much. So when we get into uh, actual hockey knowledge, we're going to defer. Okay. All right. See what I can come up with. <laughs> still if you don't know, around. just make stuff up. That works. I yeah, like doing that. because I'll believe it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Easy enough. Uh, special guest today, we have Mike Brennan. And Mike, uh, you and I have been friends forever. Uh, it's probably going on 30 years. Yeah, I've met 30, you, 30 met you plus, in high school. 30 plus yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we, yeah, I've known you for a good long time. You've oh, got, yeah. We talk about hockey families here all the time. We had Jordan Preezy in here, and you know he's got a hockey family, and a lot of people have hockey families. But when it comes to Utah, uh, you've got you're multiple generations here. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to get into all of that, and... Hopefully we have enough time to cover most of it. But I want to start with in what most people will know as the beginning for you. And that'll be, or not for you, but for them, knowing the Brennans, is Hockey Haven. Oh, yeah. My, mom's, uh, my mom had Hockey Haven for a little over 17 years here in Salt Lake. And she eventually ended up deciding to close it down due to uh just mass influx to you know online shoppings and yeah. things like that and stuff like that it just well a lot of that's killed a lot of mom and pop shops yeah. right and that's yeah. and that's one thing that it's it sucks as as a hockey player to oh. man there's just that it doesn't matter where you live the mom and pop shops even like minnesota or like in the, in the hockey heartlands the mom and pop shops are going out yeah that that was like the greatest hockey shop too Oh yeah, it seriously was. It was. Yeah, uh, she, that was my first hockey shop I ever went yeah, to. She she stocked everything that she possibly could to make sure that she had what was needed for every player out there that was here in Salt Lake, and she knew. I would say ninety five percent of the players that were out there, senior league and youth leagues and stuff like that. If it, if it was a youth player, she knew the kid's size when he came into the <laughs> when he came into the store. She was there five six days a week wow so i mean she she was a big part of it she really enjoyed it she really enjoyed helping the kids out and you know uh if uh you ask anybody you know ho- hockey equipment sales are not the uh ultimate money maker and things no. like that and everything so i mean she she really wanted to keep the store around to uh you know to accommodate her employees 
hockey schedules because a lot of them at the time were going to school, doing different <laughs> yeah. things like that. And, you know, we were even we were still young enough playing high school or playing travel league or something like that, that, okay, so-and-so is going to be out of town for a tournament this weekend. I need to have somebody else come in and cover for him. And then, you know, so then he's got a game here or a practice here, so he's going to leave at this time. And that, yeah, that's so she, 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 she ran the whole store. That's awesome because run everything around hockey players, store for hockey players, buy hockey players. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, why, exactly. why did that all start? So were you – I just learned this a second ago. You were in hockey before she started the – yeah, I'd been playing hockey for probably about two, maybe two and a half years and uh, was, uh, you know, really involved in it and going to different camps out of, out of state, out of country and stuff like that, going up to Canada to camps and seeing their selections up there and how many stores you could walk into up there and coming down into Salt Lake, there was really one store at the time and her and my dad and another gentleman had decided that named Brett Cook had decided that they were going to look at opening up a hockey store and <laughs> wow next thing you know they bought you know rented a spot on Wilmington Avenue in Sugar oh, yeah. House and just a little teeny tiny store and started stocking it and it just kind of took off from there she altogether had three total locations on the same street in wilmington but everyone just got a little bit bigger than the one before how did you get into hockey i went with a friend to go and sign up for football when i was seven or six and a half seven and i wasn't old enough to sign up you know i was big enough and everything <laughs> yeah. they they were excited <laughs> when they saw me come walking up and then to find out that i wasn't old enough you know their big thing was well you can do it next year well this friend of mine he played hockey too and stuff like that he'd grown up living in pittsburgh and all of a sudden hockey season came around and started talking about it and played street hockey in the neighborhood numerous times with them and everything like that and had a lot of fun doing that and his family says, well, why don't you play hockey? And, of course, of, well, I'm not old enough. And they says they don't have an age restriction. Uh-huh. So I immediately went home and told <laughs> my mom that I could go play hockey because they didn't care how old I was. And it just kind of went off from there. I mean, my first time skating was at Hygieia, Iceland, off of, you know, 2100 South and just about, you know, 12th East or something like that back then. And that was, uh, I, I was sold ever since then. I mean, I've never had any ambition to really want to play any other sport. It was just, hockey became a year-round event for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, when it when the ice melted, I was, you know, it was street hockey. And oh, then, yeah. you know, I, there was never not hockey involved in my life growing up. And all my friends did the same thing, you know. It was just something you can incorporate the entire neighborhood in with. Absolutely. Well, that's how I got into it, too, was playing street hockey with i'd go yep. over to skate half pipe or quarter pipe because i was a skateboarder at jeremy miller's house yep and they had hockey sticks and they're like hey play hockey yeah I, church parking lot man yeah roller hockey it was awesome yeah tons of <laughs> and that's what happens right you just so somebody introduces it to you and then it takes over your whole life everyone else involved close to you, it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you the whole pull. family has to kind of pool in with it so yeah. it's it's fun. I did that when I first got hired on the fire department. 
I'm like at my first station. I'm like, I'm a hockey player, and and they're like, okay, we don't understand hockey, and we'd watch a game, and then I take the dry erase marker and <laughs> put it on the board. I'm drawing like, all right, this is this is all right. Here's the blue line, and this is why offsides exist. That's a key to the door. You know, you have to explain yeah. what the puck is and how like, and then. Like in your first rotations, right out of recruit camp, you get three months at a station. By the end of that three months, that entire crew and I were on a roller hockey team together, <laughs> and some of the, those guys still play. And that was kind of the birth of guns and hoses and stuff too. Is that, man? I was on the department for three months, and boom, I've got nine guys playing hockey. Yeah. And now those guys still play. Like I said, it's like a freaking infestation. Well, it's something that you never, you can. It's a sport that you can play. As long as you're able to, to to get out and skate, I mean, you look and see some of these YouTube videos that they have these guys that are showing up that are, you know, guys going out at you know 92 years old and stuff like oh, that, yeah. and 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 wheeling, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. 92 years old, it's like, dude, I hope I can, I I hope I can move that well at 92, yeah. even off the ice. I mean, I just <laughs> want to be able to move like that. And if you can, it's probably because you've been playing that entire time. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. That, like that's going to keep you. It does, it doesn't keep you young, but it keeps your body. Well, it keeps your joints moving. Yeah. Keeps your, Guy, that's something that you use everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, first and foremost, with the level that you play and stuff, it's something you need to have mm-hmm. full co- control of every part of your body. Yeah, a guy that I played with in Utah, um, Andy Sertich, his grandpa, has kind of become a cult hero. I forget how old he is, but, I mean, he's, I think, mid-90s maybe in the newspaper every year kind of does a thing and still skates every morning and it's That's becomes awesome. a lifeblood for people. And yeah, and we have Paul. At, I can't remember Paul's last name, but every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, he's at the Murray Rink pulls up, parks in the handicapped spot, moseys into the <laughs> arena, throws on the skates, and then gets out there. And, you know, when we don't have enough guys show up, because he'll go and he'll do the warm-up and he'll do that stuff, and he's great, man. It's so great to see him out there. And he's yeah. got to be mid-80s. And wow. He's Inspiring. There. He's yeah, there every fantastic. day. Yeah. I have a goal to go for. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, Gunter Manick was the same way. He was I, he was playing and playing. I'd see him at the rink all the time. Brandon Manick's grandfather. Yeah. He was he was out there all the time too. So it's, yeah, it is one of those things. You just get to, you know, hopefully, and that is the rarity because you can't do that with football. There there aren't enough football leagues to play when you're an adult. And baseball becomes softball, and who wants to play softball? Nobody, right? Well, yeah, I'm gonna get—I know I'm gonna get emails over that one. But <laughs> I, know, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, well, look out, <laughs> save it. I stand by it. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so okay, so you you started playing. You you make the you, your parents decide. All right, I, your mom decides. I'm gonna yeah. open the store. She opens the store, and now now you guys are the hub. And now you, like you said, your mom knew everybody. I, I got to, when I first started playing hockey. My sophomore year in high school, um, I remember going, like, getting in. We slept school one day at Murray High, jumped in Brett Gendrika's truck, drove to Hockey Haven. And it just clicked now when you're like, oh, I started skating at High G. Because I was always wondering, like, why is the only hockey shop clear in Sugar House? Mm-hmm. Because there <laughs> used to be a rink right there. <laughs> right? <So> there <laughs> I never That's skated great. there. I played indoor soccer there, but it wasn't a rink when I played. So now it makes yeah. sense to me. That's how smart I am. I just figured it out just now. That's where I learned to skate, then. <laughs> high G. Yep. You skated at Hygieia? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. So, uh, but anyway, I remember going up there and then, uh, you know, 
I didn't have enough money to actually buy goalie equipment, but your your mom was like, "Oh, if you need if you need goalie equipment," she like literally got in the want ads with me. She showed me in the newspaper, and I found a set of the old brown colored Cooper oh, yeah. leg pads. Your mom showed them to me in there was a there was a <laughs> remember want ads. Do you remember, Evan? Did you ever see one ads? I, m- I remember seeing them, but I never really utilized okay. them. <laughs> well, people used to, yeah. <laughs> That's where I got my first set of goalie equipment. The first time I tried out for Murray High, I borrowed Jeff um, Tavy at the time. What's his last name now? Jeff Elwell. I borrowed his equipment, and then your mom, instead of, you know, she could have tried to sell me something at the store, but she's like, oh, no, you need to do this. And we found found to get, like, a full set for 80 bucks. Yeah. Terrible, terrible gear. Like welts every time I played because it was it was old then, and that was you know. Well, even back then, the goalie equipment was not all that stellar. I mean, a lot of the times you just had a like a catcher's chest yeah. protector on. Yep, and, that's exactly what I had. Yeah, that's right. And like the a t-shirt with <laughs> double filled with cotton. And yeah. I mean, man, those. And I remember because that's before when I played when I was a defenseman before I decided you know in men's league to switch over to playing goalie and I never forget being like oh and I always wanted to do that and now I sit there thinking I'm like why did I want to go <laughs> and be pelted like that now I know why so many of my friends that, that grew up playing goalie don't play goalie oh, yeah. anymore they're like I'm not playing dude you'd love these new uppers that they have oh, yeah. I don't care <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot different going from those two piece chest pads that just left huge welts. Well, I remember. So my it was my junior year, and I was I started at that's when I was at Shattuck, and I, I was there that summer, and Todd Nate was there too, and yeah. Todd's brother was there too. Nice. And I was there and doing a camp, and like four minutes in, I was I had two deep bone bruises where I couldn't even close my hands anymore from taking shots off that two piece piece of crap mm-hmm. chest pad I had, and they pulled me aside and they were like. Hey, you need real equipment. Like this isn't going to work. You can't. You can't be. This might work in Utah, but you can't be here in that stuff. Yeah, you have softer pucks here, right in Utah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's that was the start of my my Brian's obsession. Is I got a, a set of Brian's from the Golden Eagles, and again, your mom might have brokered that deal too. Like I don't know how I would have known anybody back then, but somebody made a f- phone call for me. And I got equipped. I came back home. The camp was over. I came back home, picked up a full set from Brian Pataffi, and uh, went back and finally had equipment that, like, kept me from getting deep bone bruises. Because man, that old equipment was horrible. Yeah, yeah. Your mom, your mom's awesome though. Because like when we first went there, me and my my two buddies, Niels and Kent, we just start picked up hockey. Yeah. Um, she she was like, okay, we're gonna put together a team. And so she totally uh, set us up uh, with uh, some jerseys. She got the logo made the, for the Rat Pack, and we st- we still use it today. And I still have those jerseys, man. And uh, she's just uh, she's just great peeps. She was a master of uh, figuring out a way to sponsor teams yeah. and get jerseys in for people and stuff like that. Yeah. And, yeah, like, and, and and figure out how to write things off and stuff like that, so that she didn't, you know, keep the cost down for the the players. And I mean, it it because it it's costs. not like normal retail, like you said. There's right. not a huge markup in hockey equipment. It's no. already expensive, right. and then the stores don't make a ton. And then your mom, you know, Hockey Haven was on everybody's jersey or whatever. They had some oh. way of sponsoring your parents. Yeah. Your mom made a way to. 
make stuff work. Like, yeah, we talk about it all the time in here. People give back to the sport. Like oh, you, okay. you get to a point where you're like, look, I can give that kid that can't play my old gear or whatever. Oh yeah, definitely. It, I mm-hmm. mean. And everybody, you know, growing up, they're always like, well, you've always got new gear because mom had a hockey store. And it's like, well, you, they never realized that I was growing so fast that I was growing out of the gear. So it wasn't that I just got the newest gear because she had the shop. It's like I got the newest gear because I grew out of my stuff that I'd only got like five months before. <laughs> and, well, the same, I remember the same thing. Our our two kids are about this. Your, Robbie's a year older than my son. So right. And but Robbie had some pretty good growth spurts. But I remember you and I like one summer we're ordering equipment, and then by Christmas both of our kids had outgrown their gear. I'm oh, like, yeah. man, that's so expensive. You got to slow down, or you know, yeah. take just learn to eat some pucks. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the biggest thing I was all excited, and hey, pads aren't as expensive as they were. And then all of a sudden you says, hey man, hey, I haven't hit adult size yet. And I yeah. says, what's that? And you said, you, I'll never forget you looking at me saying. Robbie's next set is adult size. I went, oh. <laughs> it's like the skates, too. And then <laughs> it went every year after that. It was like he wouldn't grow, and all of a sudden then you're just looking at his knee cradle, and it's like, well, by time next season hits, he's going to be out of those, and I better start to look to order them now, and I would. I'd have people, well, you would, same thing with Tegan. Yep. We'd have people come up, and we'd have our kids in brand-new gear coming out to practice, and you'd have the next group younger than us, parents coming up and saying, we'll give you half of what you paid for that gear. And it's like, well, I just got it. Yeah, but they're both going to be out of it nope. by next year, so, you know, I want dibs on it now. And I had one of, I had one of the few full-right goalies, too. So right. there were certain oh, parents yeah. that stalked Deegan because they're like, as soon as he outgrows <laughs> that, because not many kids catch with their right hand. Right. So yeah, you have you had the parents that just basically you knew where your were I knew where Tegan's gear was going next. Those yeah, parents, you knew, yep, uh, yep. yeah, I had I had the swarm come <laughs> in, stocking the, the equipment. Yeah, and it, awesome. it got expensive. Um, so yeah, she ran that for seventeen years. <clears throat> Another thing I remember this: you guys had a one eight hundred number. Yeah, and John Keekle, who was one of my best friends, well, worked worked Kiekel's there, awesome. and it was so nice because when I moved away and I was in junior college at North Dakota. Like, to call somebody, I had a girlfriend at the time, but to call somebody, you'd have to take, like, a row of quarters to the payphone, and that's three minutes worth of conversation, right? <laughs> or, if I timed it right, I could just call John at Hockey Haven on the 1-800 number, and other people could just drop in, and I could catch up with all the Utah people for free. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. That was, that was one of the tricks we, we used. Um, all right, so you grew up playing, stores there for 17 years, but when I started playing in high school, where were you? Because you, you were here for a minute, and then you were gone. I played here through up to my sophomore year, and then I went back to Northwood School in Lake Placid, New York, and played for three years back there. And uh, graduated from high school back there and stuff, and played, but our... Uh, our our how our school was situated up we had you know well they called them you know postgraduate seniors a senior that had graduated already and came back so our age group for our teams were our jv played new york state high school varsity and our varsity played jv college oh really yeah wow so we'd play against you know 
Cornell JV, St. Lawrence JV, things and stuff like that, because we'd had seniors that were out of high school age. You had 19-year-old seniors. 19-year-old seniors that were out of high school age and stuff like that. So they didn't authorize or allow them to play in uh, the New York State High School Association and stuff like that. Oh, You don't hear about that much anymore. That's, That's still big in Sweden. Right. And, and other countries. I know there were a few of our uh, high school kids that had that opportunity. But there's uh, West Point has that. West Point has a prep academy for those that didn't get into West Point but they think are going to get in eventually. And they have all their sports teams. And I'm like, well, who do you play? If you're not a college, <laughs> yeah. you're a, it's like a prep academy. Right. But it's all kids that have graduated. They're like basically super seniors. Mm-hmm. They have that in New England. They do? When I was coming up, a lot of junior players that were out there at, like, say, Taft, they would have their post-grad year, and some would stay and play for the um, their prep school team, or they would come and then filter into juniors, because that was obviously, you could be 21 before Christmas, I think, wow. to play that. So they there was always, I, I went to school with a lot of guys that played a post-grad year instead of playing juniors. And wow. Shattuck just held everybody back. That was <laughs> like, because that was one of the things. When I went there, I was a junior but when I started at Shattuck, I was a sophomore. Yeah, when I went smart. back to when I went back to <laughs> when I went back to uh, Northwood School, I went from I repeated my sophomore year again and stuff like that when I went back there. But the thing is, is uh, I at the time and stuff like that, it, it really helped me out to be able to excel better and get me a better grasp on everything I needed to go forth with it. I think that if I wouldn't have done that. It would have. Uh, it just gave me more mental and emotional development from, especially you know, being out yeah. twenty five hundred miles away from home for your first time and stuff like that. The last thing you want to do is really struggle with school because <laughs> that, that that makes it that much worse when you've got to call your parents up and they're like oh well how's school huh <laughs> not so great <laughs> is that why i'm here <laughs> the hockey's good school. and hockey's great man. i love the scenery and stuff but <laughs> school not so much so but all right Phil, clue me in here didn't we play against each other in a state championship uh, I'm no. I played the only state championship I played here was with Brighton against Highland High School, and we lost. Okay, I had uh, at that time then Highland High School had Chris Thomas, oh, yeah. Scott, Scott Levy, Jeff Levy, <laughs> uh, Robert Van Osdale. Um, they they had a a full lineup of who were the there were all, other brothers there too all star teams yeah. and stuff like that I think uh, I'm trying to think I remember that team but they were, yeah, they, they, they were the team that they were to be reckoned with and everything like that to try to beat and yeah we we I, I'll never forget yeah we we lost four to one in the championship game oh, <laughs> I remember playing against those guys I, this is so cocky and so dumb of me. But we're getting ready, and they're like, all right, Chris Thomas this and Chris Thomas that. And I tell the team, I'm like, look, you guys take care of everybody else. I'll take Chris Thomas like as the goalie. Like, I'll, I'll handle this. No. Like, he just lit me up. I, who am I even to say that? I've been playing, <laughs> At that minute, I've been, like, I yeah. played 15 games in my life, and now I'm playing against this Chris Thomas who went on to play in the USHL. And uh, he played NCAA for a minute, right? Yeah, I think he might have done there for a little bit and stuff like that. But I know that he's back around here now, and – 
He uh, he's played some men's league, but I think he just kind of. Uh, yeah, he got a pretty long ban yeah. and, and had to disappear for a while. And uh, we've talked about that on the show before. He got he got a, a, a tomahawk chop ban. Whoops. On yeah. Whoopsie. Well, and, and it's on Trevor Lewis's dad. Oh. And that's yeah. So, but you know, stuff happens. People react, and and you get you take the sentence. Poor judgment and, calls on things like that. You yeah. Know? But in the heat of the moment, I mean. We we've all we've all had that feeling that we want to turn around. It's like oh, if I could just wrap this around your head <laughs> oh, yeah. right now. Well, then, you know, okay, let's, let's play it back to let's say that I that I think that happened in the early '90s. So those of you guys who grew up watching hockey in the early '90s were watching mid '80s hockey, where that was just kind of like that's just what you did. You smacked somebody with your stick. Those sticks yeah. were no joke too. Oh yeah, just not quite full, made like there today. <laughs> Tree trunk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, things happen. But I, I heard somebody mentioned that he might be playing again, or somebody saw him yeah, bowling and said he was going to play again. Or yeah, I don't I've, know. I, I've heard that he's uh, going to be playing again and stuff like that. I mean, I'd like to see him back out. Yeah, um, me too. You know, I, yeah. I I've uh, here uh, a couple. Well, probably about a year ago. Uh, somebody posted one of our pictures of our Utah hockey all-star team and stuff, and I know that all the guys are still here in Salt Lake and stuff like that. Or I know that I know one of them that's he's gone and stuff like that. Uh, Oliver Cook's not in, in Utah anymore, but and Moon Steve Conwalchuk's not in Utah anymore. But the thing yeah. is, is we're all. We've all, a couple of us, Clint Colvin and I, and, you know, with Sean Hansen yep. and uh, Brett Moore and things. We've had uh, little talks of, you know, hey, maybe we should uh, try to get some ice and get everybody back out together. I talked to Alex Byers uh, oh, about yeah. it, too, and stuff like that. So, I saw Alex Byers just Alex, recently. Yeah. yeah, Alex is actually Let's looking to start getting back into playing and stuff like that again. He wants to get in the net and... Yeah, I saw him outside of Def oh. Leppard, I think, last summer when I was sitting out there with the oh. with our uh, Ariel Speedwagon for the Arrow. Yeah. And then Jimmy Kilpatrick got back into and it. Jimmy so we got back. We like we it. said, man, it's like herpes. Once you have it, once you have <laughs> once you have hockey, it, it comes back. I think uh, what what team is uh, Kilpatrick on? I don't know. A couple, I think. Bar name Sue. Oh, yeah, is it Barney uh, too? Yeah, yeah, I saw him on the uh, naughty list. Uh, yeah, suspense. Yeah, suspense. Oh yeah, that's right. This week, he's I'm on like, a Ooh. suspension. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, to bring it up, bro. I'm not sure. <laughs> how, I'm not sure how long his suspension is, but he, uh, uh, from what I understand, I think he was supposed to have maybe thrown a little uh, shot at a official. Yeah, that's what I heard. I got called in to sub for him right after it happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hey, can you come play? That's like in the playoffs at the Oval, which I hadn't played there forever. And that was like the first time I'd actually played games. I played three back-to-back-to-back games, and they were interesting. But uh, I get the phone call. They're like, hey, can you come sub for us? Our goalie just got suspended. We're in playoffs. I'm like, what did he get suspended for? Like, oh, I went hands-on with the ref. I'm like, oh, he's... Yeah, 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 you're suspended. That's getting double cost. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to do any time on the suspension list, you just grab an official or do something like yeah. that. I mean, cost those, price manic a couple of years, I think. Oh yeah. Well, yep. I mean, but the thing is, is I mean, the guys, I've been guilty of screaming at officials, and I've been guilty of getting. Big time on sportsmanlike penalties and stuff, and you know, being a goalie, you 
no, somebody else is going to go sit on the bench there for me because I'm, <laughs> there's I'm no not, consequences yeah, for you. Yeah, there's no consequences for me. I can trip. I can do whatever. Somebody else is going to go serve time. Oh. But, you know, there's uh, I've gotten to the point now that, you know, I have some refs that uh, I consider pretty good friends and stuff like that. And right, right. I'll razz them, and there's, the moment that they're like, hey, that's enough, I, I just – shut up because I know the next thing that's going to happen is I'm going to get a penalty and I've already given them enough grief by time that they say something to me right, right, that right. I'm like yeah. they're not okay. going to change the call or anything no they're not going to change they're not going to do anything some of the wisdom that comes with getting older yep that's right. It's not as if you're not going to see these guys come back out and ref your game here in a couple of weeks or something yep. like that anyway it's like go ahead and make him mad because he's going to turn around and remember that the next game, and you might not, yeah. you know, as a goalie, you might not get that quick whistle that you're really hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's for sure. All right, so, okay, so your mom ends up closing that. You you come back. Uh, you played at Weber? Yeah, I played at Weber for two years. What two years were you there? Uh, I was up there 90... It would have been, yeah, 90... 97, 96, 97, 98. Okay. Would have been, so yeah, the 96 through 98 season. So right after I left. After. Yeah, it would have been right up after. But you, were, you weren't playing goal. You were still no, playing I was, I was playing. Okay. I was still playing defense. Okay. All right. So I'd, uh, they'd called me up and said, you know, hey, uh, are you interested in playing for Weber State? And uh, it was Brad Jane, he'd called me. And <laughs> And I told him, I says, man, I go, do you Because this is before I kind of understood all the, the rules for college and everything at the time. Oh, yeah. And I says, do you, do you realize I'm 26 years old? <laughs> you know? And, and I says, if you hit my name, you're digging deep in the archive books yeah. by, the, by this time. And, you know, I was getting ready to have my first child here yep. coming up and stuff. And. That's where my son Robbie learned how to walk and rollerblade was up at the ice sheet in Ogden because my wife would take him up there for to watch my games. And yeah. and that's where he learned how to do all of his stuff. And, I mean, he, nice. that's where he learned the, the, the love of hockey that he has now. You know? Yeah, that's but, awesome. And we're going to talk about Robbie, too, because Robbie was at Weaver last year. And yeah. He's not playing this semester, but he will be. Yeah, he'll be next he's going back next semester and I stuff still, like I that. I see him on all their posts and stuff still. Um, I want We can't really talk about the Brennans, and we can't because your dad's a huge part of hockey yeah. here, too. Yeah. Yeah. And at the next level, I mean, we talk about – Helping out and sponsoring and uh, through general distribution, that's all we can say. Right. Through general distribution, your your family has sponsored and supported like tournaments and jerseys and like your dad's been huge in this, yes. Mike Senior. Yeah. Um was he a hockey fan at all before or just obsessed with it he, or just got indoctrinated because of you guys he was a salt lake golden eagles fan okay i mean i remember even before i got into playing hockey and stuff like that that he'd take me to the golden eagles to the salt palace to go see the eagles play and stuff like that so okay he he was a fan at, at that level and everything and you know just really enjoyed going to that and then when i started getting into it more he kind of turned into 
the super fan. I mean, he, you know, helped find, you know, when teams were coming up and needed sponsorships for establishments around the valley or something like that that would request or ask us for things he was the first one to jump on oh if it's for hockey yeah, yeah. Let, let's do a sponsorship let's sponsor jerseys you need you know you need a home and a and he was the guy that they needed a home and an away jersey you know for men's league he had to have a home <laughs> and away jersey for men's it. league and socks to match i mean i think that if he could have he would have outfitted him with helmets to to like he wanted him yeah. to look like an nhl team walking out there he wanted everybody to be uniform and he was proud of that you know that was his thing and when he focused on helping out even the kids or things like that that couldn't get the stuff like this that he would do anonymous donations and, oh cool you know and well and i'm, I'm gonna say this now and, and you and i because i i know that your dad and i know that bill miller helped yeah. a guy with those anonymous donations or just paid guys fees oh yeah and one of those guys is kind of walchuk right oh yeah those mm-hmm. guys and i mean so you talk about the guys that put hockey on the map they were they had that ability because of people like your dad. Yeah, and and I think I, we just have to point that out because that's amazing and that's that's something that just is overlooked a lot. Yeah, well, they did it just because you know it wasn't because the kids were all stars on the team, but the kids had bright futures to go along with it and i mean i think that my dad even saw back then and you know brian and steve when they were you know eight and seven and eight years old and stuff like that when i started playing with them that uh they had bright futures and something that was going to go with their future for hockey and stuff like that and he wanted to be you know my not the person that gave them the whole ride along the way but he wanted to be a stepping stone to help them get to where they wanted to go yeah nobody makes it without help of the community no no and especially i mean the hockey community you see with just even with how kids are now and stuff like that you know the people that are willing to donate the gear collect gear i mean like rebels foundation what he does is phenomenal i mean you know with the setting up practices learn to skates things and stuff like this what the the man does the tireless efforts that he puts in is just wonderful yeah and you see him at every rink too oh i mean all the time yeah, yeah, i mean it, awesome. well i mean Corth rebels is the yeah. only men's league team that has a coach in every division that he has his teams in yeah. he's on their bench Man, it's you screaming, know. you gotta skate! That's his thing, that's his thing every time. <laughs> I mean, and it's just like you're going back to when you were, you know, 13, 14 years old and you could hear Don just screaming off the side of the bench at you and stuff. It might not be as loud now and he might not be using some of the same verbiage that he used to. <laughs> cleaned it up. But, yeah, he cleaned it up, but you know what? But the thing is, is as Jay said before, back in the, you know, mid-80s, late-80s, early-90s, that's how right. you played, you were talked to, and you were coached. Yep. And we all adapted, and your coach would yell at you and call you some of the meanest names ever, but after that game, he'd get off the ice and take in, go buy you ice cream or buy you pizza or something like that and come up and sit down next to you and explain to you, and you felt good about it. Yeah. 
why you were making him mad. Yeah, why you made <laughs> him mad. This is why I was yelling. But yeah. I, one, one more story. about I want to get into talking about, um, you know, your roles helping, like, because you've coached and you've helped develop stuff. But I want to talk one more story about your dad because this, this just hones in on some of the passion that he has for the game. And he became upset with how the current, well, not the current, let's say like 10 years ago, he was upset with how the Grizzlies were being ran. And I was in a meeting. I don't, were you there? That Because I came no, I in with the I wasn't on that meeting, but... I, I came remember. in with the Grizzlies, and man, it, it would be nice to be in your dad's shoes every once in a while because he unloaded on the management of the Grizzlies. And I think he, he rattled their cage to the point where I think they've corrected a lot of the things that he thought were wrong at the time. And maybe they haven't, but, you know, they're... They've, I think they've tried. And your dad just held their feet to the fire in front of AEG, like the big management company that came in. That, you know, they own Staples, and they came in, and they were going to take over the Maverick Center. And right in front of all these people, your dad just held their feet to the fire. I can't, I'm not going to repeat the things he said, but I, I was just so impressed. Because it wasn't – this was not the right – it wasn't a business decision. Yeah. This was a man that was passionate about hockey and thought things weren't going right. And called everybody out on it, like in front of their parents. And uh, I just, I always wanted to thank him for it. I never got the chance to, but it was awesome. I remember him talking a little bit about it. And the thing is, is he just, he sees that there's so much potential for hockey here because when the Salt Lake Golden Eagles were here back in, you know, late 70s when they were the, you know, CHL champions and, they were bringing in sellout standing room crowd yep. only almost every game and then they got sold off dropped down disappeared and when you have a, a sport and it's non-existent at a professional level in a community people lose interest in it there's not there's no exposure to it you know if you're not exposed to hockey you're never going to know what it is, but you're going to know what soccer is because there's 50,000 soccer fields out there. There's not a lot of ice rinks out there. So if you're yeah. exposed to hockey, and especially in a st- like Utah, I mean, every one of us could tell you exactly where every single ice rink is. Oh, yeah. And we could tell you all the restaurants around every single <laughs> ice rink that there is because... After we play down here, we're going to go over here and grab something to eat or we'll grab something to eat before we go to play. But, I mean, there, if we look at it, there's, what, 12 ice rinks altogether for how many people that play hockey here right. in the state? Well, we're sold and, out. The ice rinks are yeah. sold out. We need more. Yeah, and, and not only that, but the thing is, it's not just the hockey that uses it, but it's the figure skaters that use it as well. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I I would I would love to be able to just open hockey specific rinks that, you know, from two thirty on, y- you can run practices and right. leave it open as late as it needs to be to go for however it needs to go. But uh, it would be ideal to just be able to get these kids and get the exposure out there to start it off at a young age to keep it growing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing right. is, is when they're shortened on their ice time, these young kids aren't developing as much as they could be, and maybe they lose uh, a desire or a love for the game because they don't get to spend as much time working on it as what they usually should. Right. Um, and then one more. 
I got to throw this out too, because another way your dad's given back is how many guys that you grew up playing hockey with, or how many guys of Robbie grown up playing hockey with that worked either work for now and have their entire lives, or at some point have come through and worked for General. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I have an employee, uh, Luke Mead, that yeah. worked for my mom at Hockey Haven. Yep. And yep. then the That's moment awesome. he turned 21, he got hired on working for me down at General Distributing. And I, he, feel bad, he, I feel bad for Luke because he's <laughs> going down the same path I went down. He's a hockey not, player, and all of a sudden his kids are playing soccer. <laughs> it's like the worst scenario. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no, but, but you know what? The thing is, Luke does a great job, and I mean, he, he's yeah. just—he—he—he's a great player too. I wish I would get him to come back out and no. skate again and stuff like that. But like you said, he's too busy with soccer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurts! It hurts. Sorry, Luke. Oh, but that—he's not the only one that's had that that what? that path go down. We had you know Todd oh, Nate who. Is, oh yeah. Who well, Todd's a, a super soccer fan now. Todd's a he's super soccer out. fan, and the thing is, is he he was <laughs> one of the players that I, I'll never forget. He uh, playing at him when we were younger, and I came in to you know give him a little check on the boards and stuff like that, and how I came up and. He ended up dropping to one knee and went right between my legs. Lord. <laughs> Never have lived that down. <laughs> He's you know, funny, man. Well, at He's the time then, you know, I was, I mean, I, I've been, my height, I've been 6'7 since I was 16 years old. Good so Lord. It, it wasn't, you know, put put on skates and stuff. It wasn't hard to, you know, go up against your buddies that were, you know, 5'5 five, five and 5'6 five, <laughs> and they can make you look like a fool real quick. And he was quick. Took me a little bit to, go, to gain some coordination. And then, <laughs> and then you've got Sam Jackson too, right? Sam works yeah, for you yeah. guys. Sam works Sam, for me. Does he play hockey Sam's anymore? Right. No, he uh, uh, when when him and I traded, and he decided to play skate out and play D, and I decided to start playing goalie. Yeah. He skated about four games and uh, got a, a slew foot and oh. Uh, tore his uh, meniscus and his MCL, and after that, he was kind of like, yeah, I've got to get up and go to work and stuff, and uh, I can't be off having a knee injury. So yeah, that wasn't against so our team, was it? <laughs> he, does, he does a lot of golf, which, you know, he's... Uh, I don't know how he does it, and I'm sure you guys are all really good golfers. Not me. Not I'm good. Not good. I, I enjoy it. <laughs> I enjoy going in the cart and having fun with my friends. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And That's replacing balls. <laughs> <laughs> because I usually don't. I never finished a round with the same ball. Oh, no. Is that no. possible? No. I don't think it's possible. It's miniature not. golf. Oh. <laughs> I don't even point. know if I've made it through miniature. That's a good point. All right, so now you go through. Um, I, I wanted to. I, one thing that I've always appreciated about you is because there were times we coached against each other, and there were times that our kids were on the same team. And as goalie parents, yeah, there there had been a bunch of times in in my life that the other goalie parent was not supportive, and because it's like, all right, if my kid plays, your kid doesn't. But at, it was nice with you because you and I understood, hey, they're going to play every other game, and we might as well support them. And you were always good about it. You were always encouraging my son. And I, well, I'd like to think I was always the same way. Oh yeah, definitely. And it took. It was weird when. Uh, I had a, a goalie that I really wanted on my team and uh, I, when I was first coaching, and I put him on my team, and the parents were like, no, he's not, we're not going to have him stay and play with you because you're, you're the goalie parent, and your son's going to be the other goalie. 
and we don't want them to go through that. And I'm like, that's not how I am, man. It's every other game and travel. And when we once we get to, you know, championships or whatever, then wh- I'm going to go with whomever's hot. And uh, those two, Tegan and, and Weston was the other kid. They ended up becoming so so compatible that mm-hmm. at, before the games, before a tournament, they'd look at their they they'd look at the schedule and be like, I want this game. You take this game. They'd pick it out, and it just took all the all the worry off that but with most parents they don't see that part of it they don't see the camaraderie between the two goalies they just have that well if your kid's playing mine's not i hope your kid gets lit up like we're on the same ship right if if my kid's getting lit up we're losing yeah exactly well and the thing is is you've just got to be supportive i mean it's just goalie Is no different than being a winger, defenseman, or a center, or something like that. Well, 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 no, it is. But the thing is, is you've got to look at it as parent aspect. The thing is, is that yeah, there's defensemen out there. There's two out there at the time. But the thing is, is your kids out on the ice and playing. You want them to be supportive. You need to be supportive of everybody. And when you're a coach, especially, even if your your kids one of the goalies on the team. You have to be honest to your team as much as it might. You've got to take the parent factor out as much as it really is one of the hardest things to do. You have to take the parent factor out to realize that you need to make sure you're looking out for what's best for the team. If your son's in for this one right now and he's what's best for the team, then that's the decision that you make and everything like that. I've had to make decisions to where... You know, my gut tells me, you know, my heart tells me he should be going in to play this game here because it's his cycle on the rotation. And my gut tells me he can't go in because he had a couple of really weak goals go in on another on another game or something like that. And this team that we're getting ready to come up and play is better and stronger and maybe he's and the thing is is where it comes down to a lot is you know age and experience if you're coming into two goalies playing on the same team and they're the same age or one's the returning year right you might want to look at doing using that returning year i mean yeah, it, for it's sure. just and the that, that's is, the whole reason they have a major minor year uh, right and, the minor and, year you learn as a backup the major year you learn and as uh, you know just You've got to take it as being a goalie parent is that your kid, he gets a whole game. Right. You know, I mean, somebody's kid could be a defenseman out there or a winger and choke up and have their kid get sad, you know. You you're, you you didn't play good last game. You're not, I'm, I'm sitting you this game. Think about how you're playing. You know, you can have a kid get sat and not get to go out and play at all. Well, yeah, or they can get sat for a period and figure it out and come back. And figure it out. So, I mean, the thing is, is that's how I, I, it took me a little bit at first to look at it that way. Yeah. Well, that's good. But But it took, it took having to be a coach and make those decisions and stuff like that. But the thing is, is you always want to be supportive of another kid on your team. Right. I mean, we're all at it, uh, at it to win. Nobody's, ever gone out and said you know give it your best to lose right. and stuff like that <laughs> everybody wants to go out and win a game and that's the main thing you support the team that's out there playing regardless if your child's out there no matter what because nobody quits cheering when their kid goes off for their shift right 
You know, when shift change comes up, parents are still cheering for everything going on and stuff like that. Why should it be any different that you're not cheering for the other kids for the other kid? Well, you're one of the few that actually, I mean, you offered Tegan, I think he got a shutout and you're like, hey, I'm going to buy you shit because you got a a shutout. And now every time, like you, you told him, you're like (laughs) that that one year we were the Renegades together. You're like every, every time you get a shutout, man, we're going for shakes. So I thought that was cool. And that's just, it's, it's unique and it's, it's refreshing. Um, but you guys are huge supporters still. Like, we were sitting in the locker room the other day, and I heard Robbie's out playing a senior league, and I can still hear your wife in the stands cheering every time he makes a save. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she uh, she uh, definitely will not miss one of his games. It doesn't matter if it's, uh, you know, for, I mean, unfortunately, she didn't make as many of his junior games as she would have liked to do to, you know. Well, he played. His, where, where was he? Where did uh, he play juniors? Altogether, he played in... Uh, Lake Tahoe. He played in Vancouver, Washington. He played in Bremerton, Washington. He played in Cheyenne, Wyoming, Gillette, Wyoming. Wow! And Colorado Springs. Man, that sounds like a life of a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so he moved around. He hit. Uh, was that all WSHL? Uh, he had uh, no WSHL. Was just as. Uh, Lake Tahoe and his Bremerton, Washington, and Cheyenne, Cheyenne. Wyoming. But the uh, other ones was uh, NA3. Oh, okay. All right. Well, cool. Lisa's awesome. And I just, I, I remember, <laughs> he's, uh, Michael's filled in a couple times for our team. And, you know, we're not the greatest at D, obviously, <laughs> as Jay played with us too and knows. Uh, <laughs> struggle some games. And uh, we were struggling this game at <laughs> she. She's just going, just going off on us in the stands, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there laughing, but going, "Oh man, she's she's going to kill us after calling the game. you guys out yeah. for being bad at D. <laughs> yeah, uh, she, she tries <laughs> to offer she's as awesome. much constructive criticism <laughs> as possible. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't try to come off as mean. It's just, oh no, she wasn't. She she, was, she she she. My wife understands the game. She's been around say, it. Yeah. Lisa yeah. has been around it with me for. Well, we've been together for almost 23 years, married for 21. She's followed (laughs) everything for hockey that I've ever done. I mean, she sits at home, you know, you know, throws center ice on as soon as, you know, as soon as the game starts playing, you know, she's asking what games are on and stuff so we can turn around and flip the games on and, and watch them and everything. So she understands it and... She can tell when guys aren't putting in that 100%. (laughs) (laughs) And she just wants to give him that little word of encouragement. You know, the goalie doesn't want to get shelled. (laughs) (laughs) So my my take on that, Gary, and it's the same with yours, and and as a goalie, you might feel the same. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't – if I have five forwards out and they want to go play, and I don't mind getting – like breakaways or odd man rushes or any of that stuff as a goalie. I mean, I'm there. I want to play. I want to play goalie. I want to take shots, and I'm going to do my best on every shot. And the third period is not going to be the same as the first period because I'm 46 years old, right? And I can't. <laughs> I try to pace exactly. myself. And I'll, I'll drink a Red Bull. <laughs> I'll do whatever I can. But as if you guys are out and you're having fun and doing whatever, and maybe defense isn't your first priority. I'm fine with that. <laughs> as long as if I get scored on, you don't tell me that I suck. Exactly. You know? yeah. Or, or, or you get angry about it or right. being like, you, you know. can't. 
and that it, it happened to me the other. The team I'm on right now is phenomenal. They're fun, and I'm saying this so that every men's league person listening <laughs> takes this into their thought process when they're playing men's league. I'm having a. We've been killing everybody, and we've been having fun doing it. Well, the wheels fell off our game last, like two <laughs> weeks ago, and I'm giving up. Like I literally just gave up a goal on a. It was basically a two on zero, maybe a three on one if you count the other two coming back, and it was the third guy back that ended up scoring. So I got a good poke check and stopped it, but the third guy back that didn't really get picked up by my defenseman puts the puck in, and my my D turns around and he's like, "Man, you got to do better than this." I'm like, <laughs> "I got to do better than this." Did you see the poke check? But that's not to be said that I probably might have just given up the first. If if I didn't poke check the guy and he shot it, it would probably beat me because. I'm better at poke checking than I am at stopping pucks. <laughs> Evan knows. He's seen it. Sometimes. <laughs> I never forget. My dad or, and one of our coaches that I had when I was younger made of who was a goalie, uh, Paul Skidmore, who oh, played yeah. for the Golden Eagles, and then he coached my teams when I was younger. But he made it very clear that um, if the puck made it back to the goalie, Five guys were not doing their job. Right. <laughs> yep. and, I, and, you know, playing defense at that time, I you know, didn't ever really take into consideration <laughs> how much that really meant until all of a sudden you're playing goal. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it's like, ah, oh, now I understand exactly what he means, you know. And, you know, you, you, I've always been that one that I will give everything that I can to try to keep that puck from going in. But as you said, I, I'm well, I'm 47 now, yeah. so I mean, I can only move so much yep. and so fast. And when, like you say, that third period comes around, sometimes some games are better than others. Some games I'm like, all right, I'm on this, I can handle this. And other games I'm like. Oh, how much time is left? Yep, yep. <laughs> what made you switch to a goalie? I'd always wanted to play goalie growing up. And uh, my mom, even though she had a hockey store, was reluctant to buy me <laughs> gear because of how fast I grew. Right. She's well, like six, just seven by high school. I guess that was, you'd probably go through three sets a year. Yeah. <laughs> That's expensive for anybody. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's how she felt about it. Was like, nope, you can you can do this. I mean, it's like I've I was remember when I had to order in shin pads because <laughs> I kept getting caught in between my shin pad and the tongue of my skate. <laughs> oh yeah, and that was before people tucked their tongues up behind it and stuff like that. And I remember I had to order in seventeen inch shin pads, and that was now now hockey store stocks them. But oh yeah. Back yep. back then, it was an oddity to, you know, <laughs> are you sure you need these? No, we're we're gonna make these, and there's no <laughs> sending them back. You know, it's <laughs> like no, he, he really needs them. Well, and then too, a lot of times back then, it took six weeks to get your gear, and the, the route you or the pace you were growing. By the time you got the gear, you just yeah, sized just up for. Sized up. For it wasn't gonna gear. last that long. Well, yeah. that's great. So uh, we should anticipate Robbie being back. Yeah. Goaltending for Weber, Weber State, State this, this January semester. Yeah, okay. in January. He had a right. tough class load this this semester. Yeah, he he really wanted to focus on. Uh, I mean, he's practicing and doing everything and staying in shape. He's just really wanted to focus on trying to get some hard classes that he had coming down this next this semester that he had and. 
the travel schedule that was coming up and his classes, he was taking a compressed load that he was missing, you know, going away. They'd be gone on a Friday and, and be gone on a Monday for their travel days. And he had, you know, three weeks of that were, were coming up and he had Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes. And when, you've yep. got, when you're taking a, a two and a half hour class and you, you miss it, you know, Oh yeah, six days. Uh, you know, you know, well, six days out of three weeks and stuff like that. It really takes a toll on it. So, I was proud of him. You know, as much as I like to watch him play and everything like that, but I was really proud of him. Him taking the initiative to really uh, fight with it and everything like that. They've got some really good goaltending going on up at Weber State right now, along with him, right? With uh, Kyle Lane and Logan Allum. Yeah. Uh, they, they've got some uh, really good goalies, so I mean... Well, uh, that's good, because we we have to keep in mind as parents, too, that this is... Uh, they're in college. They're not... And they're playing non-varsity, as we call it, and that college part's got to come first, and a lot of times we've... It's good to see Robbie make a grown-up decision and focus on... Because that's... It's a hard decision to make. Yeah. That's, I would have never made that. I would have oh, just no, taken... No, I, no. I, I didn't make is, that decision. I, I had... The utmost respect for it because I never, for me, it was uh, at that age and stuff like that, it would have been 100% full-blown, nope, this is what I'm doing, hockey, 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 and, you know, end up failing out of school or something like that, and, you know, it just, when he he decided to to do this, uh, he talked about it, and he thought about it for a while, and figured it was his best route and like he says it's not like it's the end of my um, end of anything i'm just taking a small break right now so that i can hammer out what i need to get done right right well that makes sense well we're excited to see how weber does this year and i can't wait to see robbie back out there i like watching kyle and logan too i've known logan forever yeah because he's been coming to my camp since i think he was 10 or 11 so he's it's always fun to watch these kids yeah. that I've watched grow up now play these colleges. And now we've got kids I've coached on every college team here, so it's always a little extra special. And Gary, you and I will start, I think, next week doing the weekly updates and Sweet. player of the week for high school. we got that all coming up. Nice. Evan, before we go, you got anything else you want to add or any questions you want to ask? I don't think so. It's just kind of funny. I remember when I moved out to Utah, I think within maybe two days, the first thing I wanted to do was find the – local hockey shop and it's it cracks me up sometimes when i skate in the summer sometimes i'll see someone with the hockey haven the old jersey yeah. and it brings back some good memories it does i got like eight of those <laughs> i have a hockey <laughs> How to get different colors <laughs> i have the plastic bag a hockey haven plastic uh-huh. bag that probably had like the first cup i bought and i just yeah i would like to share that yeah appreciate it and i but i i put it in the back of this closet that i have now now i have like a little stall in my garage and that's where, like, all my tape or my extra neat, like the Velcro for the Brian's Lake pads are. I keep all that in my hockey haven bag. I don't know how that little plastic bag lasted. I guess that's why the environment's falling apart, because that that plastic's tough. It's I lasted 20-plus years. I was looking in my bag. Uh, uh, no, she was thinking of, you know, being able to recycle and things like that and reuse and stuff yeah. like that. So, I mean, you know, 20-year-old <laughs> yeah. bag, I think, especially plastic bag, uh, and she definitely, yeah, well, definitely definitely brought the durability one. I definitely, <laughs> re- definitely reused it. I know. I was looking at my uh, my uh, wax, you know, for my stick, and, and, I, and I look at the little holder that it's in you know and there's probably an inch or so left <laughs> whatever and i look at it and say 
hockey haven <laughs> sticker on it. Like, <laughs> the price tag. I don't wax up enough, I guess, over here. But <laughs> still, the, still the hockey haven wax. Well, you got to tell your mom that I'm sorry about using the one eight hundred number so often. Ah, I don't know. She, <laughs> she wouldn't have cared. She would have told you to turn around and make sure that your girlfriend was down there to turn around and get a phone call from her so that you didn't have to worry about that because. <laughs> She knows how hard it was, especially with me being away at right. boarding school, of how inconvenient and how uh, not easily accessible quarters and stuff like that were for the pay phones. It sucked. And, when I, and I, don't, I don't tell the story very often, but when I, I had a girlfriend here when I was at Shattuck. And I didn't have a pay phone in the dorm that I lived in in Shattuck. So I had to sneak over to the other dorm. And so it's like back, it was like prison. Because you had everybody waiting their turn for the two payphones that they had in the bottom of one dorm. Because we had, like, three dorms worth of people. And you had, like, obviously they're trying to keep pretty tight grips on the kids back then. But I don't oh, know. Because yeah. it's, it's a lot. It's a roll of quarters. Three and a half minutes, probably, worth of conversation. They should, they should still have that around, you know, to, 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 so the kids can learn. I agree. Keep it in perspective. Kids have yeah, no exactly, idea. You know? Kids have no idea how bad no. it was. Because when you moved... You you were gone. You couldn't check their you, you couldn't check their Facebook or their, or text them or whatever. You were gone. Yeah, you had zero contact oh, except I, for the unless everybody had a hockey haven with a one eight hundred number. I, I remember the very first time I went to a hockey camp in in uh, Maine by myself when I was probably like fifteen. I kept trying to call collect to my house. <laughs> And these people kept denying my call. <laughs> and I started to get really heated about it and everything like that. And finally I'm talking to the operator, and I'm arguing, saying, I've lived in this house for nine years of my life, you know, because I was 15, so right. I'd only lived there for nine years at that time. And she's like, well, what state? And I'm like, Utah. And she goes, well, if you dialed the area code. What's the area? <laughs> What's the <an> area? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought I'd put in the, the phone number and it was going to pull up my house. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that your mom That's couldn't good. be on the show, but I'm I want I want to you get to her another time. Yeah, that yeah. would be awesome because I, I want her to know and I want your dad to know as well. And I, I feel bad that I keep saying your mom and not your dad. I know they're both so influential and put so much of their time, effort, and money into hockey in this in this market, and I. They don't hear it enough, however often they hear it. They don't hear it enough. But I want, for every hockey player that's out here from Utah right now, we owe your family thanks. Oh, and yeah. I, I want you to tell them for all of us. I definitely will. Thank you very much. Because it, it means a lot to us to have had those resources. And, and, we, and you don't realize it when you're a kid growing up, what, what they're going through, mm-hmm. what they're sacrificing. But now as, as other part of it, where we're trying to give back, like you realize that that's, they did a lot. Yeah. And they did way more than most and i hope everybody thanks them and and appreciates it and i hope they know that it's appreciated and i hope they see the growth that's here and realize that they had a huge part in it well i'll make sure that they know i mean i'm sure that they uh they realize a little bit but i mean it's always very nice to hear from them so thank you very much awesome and then uh Hopefully your dad keeps holding everybody's feet to the fire and, and keeps everybody yeah, keeps everybody be nice. in line because it seemed to have fixed some problems over there. So well, maybe you gave him some outside perspective that they needed. Yeah, and your dad's a big like uh, sponsor 
I'm trying to choose my terminology so I don't get any trouble here. Very good. But Jenner Distribution is a big sponsor of hockey in that building, and, and he definitely had some uh, power when he was talking. And yeah. It, it, put, <laughs> it, it put everybody's tail between their legs, and I was like, yes, it's about time. So anyway, That's again, um, Mike, thanks so much for taking the time for being on the show. Thanks for having me out. Evan, thanks for bringing all your knowledge. <laughs> thanks for having me <laughs> again. Gary, it's good to see you. Hey, thanks, man. Good to be seen. And uh, that's the end of the Utah Puck Report.